got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Everybody, welcome to Put That Coffee Down, and I believe this is episode, episode five. Five. Yeah. Cinco. Episode Cinco. Super important one. This one is on objections, right? It is on objections. So no sell is made until someone sells no. Yeah. So you're not doing anything until you hear a no, and the, then the sell starts. The cold call is you picking up the phone. The objection is everything that happens afterwards. And it is the cause of all the anxiety that a lot of salespeople have because they made that call. They either locked up, didn't they either self-objected or the person they were talking to objected? Yes, it goes very smooth for the first. If you can figure out what you're going to say for the first five seconds, it gets very smooth. And then they they threw up a roadblock and yes. you start feeling that fear, anxiety. What am I going to say? What am I going to do? And from their point on, it's it shouldn't be a battle, but oftentimes... It becomes a battle of, of wills. It does. But it doesn't have to be that way. I'm Dooner. Uh, I've 15 year supply chain veteran, done three PL sales, done four PL sales, done marketing, uh, done just about it all, done a lot of content marketing, community creator, podcaster extraordinaire, and you are. My name's Kevin Hill, and I do research here at Freight Waves, but I've been a freight broker uh, for many years. And I also started a, a research company, Carrierless, that sold to freight brokerages. Yes. So I've been around freight a little bit and done a lot of content marketing on the side. And uh, now I'm talking about sales on Put That Coffee Down. Put That Coffee Down, where we are, men of the people. We've got you up here, our comments. Uh, the phone line is open. It is, what does that say over there? It says it is 423-710-9777. Chris Seed says five seconds of courage. Mm. Wow. Five, five seconds of courage? Five seconds of courage. Oh, five seconds. That the initial cold call. Oh. So I guess that's the five seconds of courage that, that you need to, uh, ah. to get to the objections. Not what the ladies called me in college. Yes. Patrick Murray says he's, he's in from Little Rock, Arkansas. And Al Nayanzi Head, he just says, hi, he's from Bangladesh. So global, man. Global. Taking it over. As we usually start, let's start with a quote, right? Let's start with a quote. This one, this is a little bit longer one, so bear with me it's here. It's inspirational. I though. love this one because it's it's true, right? And it's, let me, tell, let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or anybody is going to hit as hard as life. You, me, or anybody is going to hit as hard as life or is not going to hit as hard you, as life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit, hit as hard, hard, as, hard, hard as, life. as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You are better than that, and that's what it is. Those hits, the arena life that hits is a person saying no on the other end of that phone. It is exactly right. They're, 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 they're beating you up. They're, 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 they're getting their jabs in. They're, they're roundhouses sometimes. You just got to keep going forward, pick yourself up, keep coming up with, uh, with, with not really rebuttals, but creative solutions. To, uh, to to deflect those so those jabs, those body blows, those those hits. For you, what were at first when you first started cold calling, you started making these sales calls. What was your biggest problem with objections? 
uh, you know, uh, how to, to uh, how to how to overcome objections, right? Yeah. Because that's what you you do, especially when you're new. You're just trying to rebut them or overcome them, and you you realize then it becomes you know it becomes Rocky Balboa and, and Apollo <laughs> Creed. You're just you're just jabbing one another, and and you're getting nowhere really uh, until you until you learn how to how to not really overcome them, but just uh, just you know sidestep them a little bit. Well, how did Rocky how be you? clubber, right? He he started fighting with his other hand. He did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how you do it. It is. That's a, so when yeah. is done. For me, at first, there, initially, yeah. the hardest part was that I would preconceive of outcomes. I would want someone to say something and not know how to lead them there. And when they said no or they said something that deviated from where I expected to go, it would submarine where I was going or just that general anxiety. Mm-hmm. People can hear that nervousness in your voice. And if you're nervous or if you're awkward on camera or you're awkward in meeting somebody, you're awkward in an in-person sales call or on the phone, you make people feel awkward. Yeah, so you definitely do. You need to lead them to where you want to go. And as soon as you realize that that nothing is going to go right on this phone call, nothing is going to go right in the cell, that, that there's going to be issue after issue after issue and you just don't react to it, you just respond to it. You know, and once you once you're able to respond to it, uh, and keep that anxiety and fear under control, then you can start leading, leading people where you want to go. Yeah. And part of that, too, and part of leading people is anticipating, forecasting, knowing what they're going to say. And part of what helps with that, at least for me, was when I started leaning more into my operational background and understanding how goods moved and how freight moved and how the person that I was speaking to, how they thought because of the challenge they face. You have to know your services, though. You have to know what you're selling and know what sucks about it. There, I have a lot of problems when you have someone come in here. And I know we had a guest come in. And he said, we're good at everything. We're good at everything. Yeah, yeah. And if you remember, I did say, look. You can't be good at you everything. You can't be good at everything. You have to know what you're weak at. Because as Michael Caney said to you, you have to sometimes agree with the objection, right? You almost always have to agree with it. Yeah. If you don't agree with it, then that's when you get into the rebuttals and the, the Rocky Balboa. If you just agree, you know, I, you know, I, I hate working with brokers. You know, I, I agree with you. You know, a lot of brokers just, uh, you know, you, you get sl- slotty uh, service. Yeah. Right. You, or basically, you know, it's slow right now. We don't have enough freight. Yeah, I agree. It, it is pretty slow right now. But until you start doing that, um, that, that, that gives you a sidestep around a lot of objections that lets you lead, uh, start leading the, the, the prospect to where you want to go using open ended questions. Yeah. What, what would some of those be? So. Another big one we heard, and when we get to the survey, we'll talk about it, is as someone might say to you, look, you guys charge too much money. I've tried to work with you before. So you kind of like write that in there. You know they're, they're a bit cut rate, right? Yeah, you, you do. So, so that's always one of the hardest objections to, to overcome, especially in, in trucking, freight brokerages, so those types of services, because you have pretty fixed pricing. You know, I mean, basically, there's not a lot of other services that, that you can include in there, but then that's where you have to be creative and you have to, to use your experience, your industry knowledge, your market knowledge to add value that way. Um, but whenever someone says your price is too high, I, I usually say, I, I hope they are. You know, I, I hope I'm not lowballing myself. You know, uh, but, you know, how do you usually make your decision on price or, or on rates? You know, when we what these- other things do you want? When we pick these topics, we tend to put a lot of surveys. We put a survey out there. We tend to ask the audience how they feel about these things. And one of the ones that I wanted to highlight was John McClamon, strategic leader, team builder. He's all about operational excellence. He said, 
Having my experience on the other side of the table, the person always being solicited, my advice for salespeople is to pitch your uniqueness. The amount of times people told me they were the best, number one here, leader there. We all know not everyone is leading the pack. I want your story and why working with you is different. And if you are the best and your best pitch is the number of trucks you have, you aren't that unique. You're just a number. Secondly, if you are a salesperson, don't ask for a few loads or what loads you can help with right away. Do you honestly believe that I would be in the position I am if my network was hanging by a thread and I was operating in an ad hoc way on a daily basis? Excellent, excellent point. That's that empathy. My promise is to my customers. And I'm not simply going to risk that to give you a chance unless I am comfortable with you and what you can do. How do you get over that objection? So so basically, you don't talk about yourself. It's what they call manufacturer's copy in advertising. So it's like we, we've been around 30 years. We have so many trucks. Maybe we have, we're number one leader in this. No one cares about you. They only care about themselves. So basically, you have to feed them information that they don't know. And that's what, that's what I do because that's, I trade information. I've kind of always done that in my life. I trade inf- information. So I'm going to give them little nuggets uh, of what I know that they might not know. And I'm just going to ask questions until I, I get to what they don't know or what they're looking for, uh, for for anything, especially information. I just feed them information until until we get in the conversation about actually moving some loads. Past guest Nathan Frazier, he said, it's simple. If you're a single man and you can't overcome objections, you will always be single. Maybe. The, the, maybe. Yeah. Range of marriage, maybe. I don't know. I, I guess so. Paul Askew says, I think it comes down to being able to handle the position. Like he loves doing oversized freight, but it's not for everyone. Same as in sales. There is a positive tug of war in the pitch and acceptance of the pitch. The balance must be found because the shipper is trying to ship the freight. I think when you know your craft, you can adjust in seconds. And I think part of knowing that craft is, again, understanding. And that's why I highlighted Mm -hmm. John's point, John McClamon's point so much, because he's giving it from the perspective that I think sometimes salespeople want to ignore that because it's more challenging to address that and say, oh, I can't have the instant sale. I can't have that instant gratification, but I have to create a, a relationship here. Yeah, it's, it's tough right? because basically you have closing on your mind. You have the sell on your mind. So you're willing to skip over the entire process to, to hit that. And that's when when the, the bad rejection comes, right? Because people are going to tell you no. And no matter if you do close that sell or you get those loads, you still have to you still have to you still have to come back. And and go through the process at some point, you know, whether it's account management or anything else, because basically you have to know about your customer. If you don't know about your customer, that business isn't is going to be transactional and it's not going to last very long. By the way, I just shared our networking doc, our Glenn Gary's doc that we just put out there. Those are for all the sales professionals out there that want to learn more, want to be a part of this community. Just put your your name and your LinkedIn and your company on that doc. This is not a solicitation seat. Don't take this and solicit each other. We're all sales professionals here, right? Yeah, and we're basically a, a lot of people on there are competitors too. So yeah. you don't really want to solicit your competitors. Yeah, but you want to network and you want to sure. uh, to to learn and grow and, and and get better with everybody else. And we have uh, we have quite a few. What's what's the count up to? Uh, I think about sixty is yeah, on there. I don't know, even yeah. more now. Yeah, uh, guys, again, the phone lines are open. Call in now four two three seven one zero nine seven seven seven. What does Kevin say? Kevin, he says, hearing no, hearing the no is an acceptable answer. Now I can focus on the customers who want to say yes. Interesting. So he is saying, and I don't necessarily know if I agree with this. He's saying well, that hearing the no, he stops there. So he takes well, I, the neg and doesn't go around. I'm, I'm not putting words in his mouth. But. Yeah, no, it depends on where, what part of the cycle you're you're at, right? Yeah. So, so basically if no one, if, if you're on the phone with someone who does not want to talk to you at all, 
yeah, you, you hang up the phone, you go to the next person. Because uh, you're not going to sell everybody. Not everyone's going to be in your market. Uh, but once you get further on down the line and you hear some some objections, you can you can address those. You can agree and address those. Uh, but if 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 someone's not in the buying mood, if they're on the talking move, you know, hang up and go on. There's a lot of people out there to sell to. Tim Langmuir, he brings up a really good point. He goes, do we honestly believe brokerage sales is a one-call close? And I think it only is when you're very transactional. If you are living and dying by having a, a shipper or a carrier send out to your brokerage that they need a price, and you want to always be one of the first three to have those in. And, load lists. And, and, load lists. Load lists, man. If you want to be there, no. you're going to drive your pricing department nuts. You're going to lose more times than not, and you're going to have the lowest margins in the game. I out very many reps survive living that life. No, and your stress level is going to be off the charts, right? Living that transactional lifestyle is is not fun. I, I, I did it for a little bit. It is not fun. I was stressed out. I was, you know, eating all the time, putting on weight. You know, life yeah. is miserable. When you have really good customers, you, usually the, the, the people with the load lists or you, you make the less, less amount of money, so the less margin, and you do the most work because everything's wrong with those loads. So you know, Mike, there's so many problems. Michael Nemi, director of sales, he's enterprise at Priority One. He says, don't give CPR to a dead situation. However, a simple no does not make that a dead situation. And he said he's going to call us in a little bit. So we'll, we'll be happy to hear him elaborate on that because I think that that's a very good point. And knowing when no is actually no versus when no is an opportunity to go get that yes. Yeah, def- definitely. You know, what are you saying no to? Are you saying no to give me the time of day? Well, I'll, I'll go... I'll go call somebody else, but if no means not right now or, you know, no on pricing, well, then you, you come back and you get creative. You're right. I mean, basically you get creative and you find other things that they'll buy on because they'll always, they'll always throw a price in your face. Uh, but, but service does matter. So Ryan Shriver, our good friend, right? Over yes, at, Ryan uh, Shriver, <laughs> the beard. He is with? He's with Carrie Direct. He says, question one, the objection actually a blocker to your goal on the call. Example, we just started a two-year bid, meaning for you to go fly a kite on the first call. Is that a blocker to your goal on that call? If your goal is to get freight on that call, then yes. If your goal is to identify the decision maker or gather data on their supply chain, a discovery call, or even better, share information that may be relevant to the contact, this takes work, right? You got to know who the hell you're calling and what their problems may be. That's anticipating the objection before and knowing what their problems would be based on market conditions. The objection doesn't matter and doesn't need to be addressed. Knowing your goal and your stretch goals helps in navigating objections because you can have a strategy. You can approach this with a strategy. And I don't know if a lot of sales reps always do, especially newer ones. You don't have the experience to do it. I mean, that, that's the catch-22 of it, right? If you don't have the experience or the industry knowledge or can anticipate moves because you've done it so long, then then you're you're kind of flying, well, you are flying blind. You're, you're inexperienced. But once you do have the experience, I, you know, basically it's worked for me. It's worked for a lot of people. I know I, all you do is make discovery calls. You don't make sales calls. You just make discovery calls and you just happen, happen to sales. And you can, you can, you know, dumb luck, you can happen into more sales just doing, you know, asking discovery questions and just having fun with it than trying to close people. It's, it's weird. Talk about unique freight. Steven Stotes, he's a truck driver for specialized event transportation. That sounds fun. He says, being a former LTL driver, he noticed if I picked up close to closing time and I saw L- other LTL freight sitting there, I tried to get it. Right, he, goes, exactly like, he would go personally do. and get it, and he's like, got to give the shipper incentive to give it to you. If freight is prepaid, that is. Tell them, 
Would you rather sit? Would you rather it sit here or be at home with your family? People might complain about that, but other drivers are going to do the same. So he doesn't have a problem take being opportunistic, looking at freight on the dock. And I don't necessarily think that that's bad either. I don't now, think it's bad at all. There's money sitting on the ground. Why not just go collect it? I mean, that's. That's well, what you do. You're gonna what get else hit. you going to do? you got to keep on moving. You're going to get hit. And sometimes it's going to happen to you. If your freight's sitting there too long, you're not giving the service in time that that warehouse finds acceptable, that guy wants to get home to his family, you're always at risk of losing that freight. And then you can make a decision from there if you want to proceed with that account. Exactly. Especially in freight, you're always just one problem or one issue away from losing a customer. So you better better have a full pipeline. Patty says this is why research and where research is before the call is so important. The more you know about the prospect, the easier it will be to jump over objections. Again, because you'll know what their problems may be. You know what their Mm -hmm. position is, and you can understand the problems that they may face. And You can understand your own weaknesses, and I think that's a big thing. When you work for a company, you have to understand what you suck at. You really have to know what you suck at, and don't try and sell on suck. Sell on strength. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so basically, if you if you know the flatbed market, if you know certain niches, stick with those niches. Don't try to to get out of bounds uh, in in what you're not necessarily good at, because it's going to be tougher to sell. But and on the problems, if you know if you can anticipate what their problems might be, uh, don't tell them what their problems are. Ask them, you know, nice simple questions about you know around the subject of what you think the problems are, and you can very easily identify whether those are problems or not, and you can move on and. And kind of play three-dimensional chess or whatever. Another comment I highlighted that we got during the week was from Chris Seeds, director of sales at Bridge Logistics. And he talked about something that I think a lot of reps, especially when they're on the phone or when they're trying to close that deal, they they get afraid of. And that's bringing up price. So they have your attention. You're having the conversation with them. But you just don't want to bring up price. Well, Chris Seeds says pricing will always be a factor in every sales call, especially in freight. If you're waiting until the end of the sales call or the end of the selling process to discuss cost, you're too late. Avoiding deal-ending objections blindly by understanding the prospect's expectations and needs. Once you understand these, ask questions like, cost aside, what would you say is your greatest challenge currently? Or on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your current provider? If the answer is anything other than 10, what would they need to get a 10? Use the prospect's answers to help them identify how serious their problems is. Now, another big point of this, and I'd like to add to to his, is that when you ask these questions— don't overload your question. These are punch out, punch in type of questions. Scale of one to ten, how would you rate them? Then shut up and let them talk. Yes, yes, Don't that, interrupt. that is that that is uh, the the art of that is to ask your question and shut up until they answer. Let them tell you. Let them that, that you know they're they're going to tell you everything you need to know to sell them. If you just be quiet. What do you think some of the concerns are that come to that when you get in there? You're like I'm in the house, right? I'm at least having the conversation. You don't want to get the door to get slammed how do you bring up pricing delicately or cost delicately or do you need to or do you just be upfront about it and i'm not the 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 best person at this you know i i transgress all the time but just come out with the price to begin with you know if someone says oh you know i don't know dallas to atlanta you know like well you know that's going to be so much per mile and just to see what they say because i mean they're going to object to no matter what what price you throw out there almost you know especially that first time so on the, the pricing, you know, just be upfront about it. It's like, yeah, this is what we normally run, these types of lanes or these types of uh, commodities, and, and this is the reason why. And uh, try, to, try, to, uh, to, try to, to put out enough information to, to not have, you know, the, the simple objections that, that you'll get if you hide the price until the very end. Do we have a call? 
uh, Kenneth McGowan, he says, listen, I believe Michael is going to call in soon, but he hasn't oh, okay. He hasn't dialed in yet. And anyone else can also dial in. The phone line uh, is, tell him, Kevin. 423-710-9777. Haley Ritchie, sales manager at Cargo Barn. I'm a big fan of Cargo Barn. They're a big fan of us. Definitely, they, they, yes. They, we uh, love Cargo Barn. So many of their people have reached out. As we have, yeah. we get to shout outs. We'll talk a lot about that. But we really appreciate what the community's been doing. That's why we put together the Glengarry Doc. You know, yes. So you guys can all communicate. We're not trying to... To hoard this community, this is for everybody to share and put out there. But Haley Ritchie, she says, at the end of the day, customers want to work with people they like. So in my opinion, having spent time building relationship is to combat to price objections itself. Everything is negotiable in sales, but you have to have the firepower to be in the position to negotiate pricing so that both parties benefit. And the only way to do that is by building trust prior to entering the pricing discussion because otherwise you don't have a leg to stand on. It's always important to know your strengths, the transportation providers, so that you have the knowledge to make the best decision when a customer is needing specific pricing as you'll have to consider the risk versus the reward. So interesting. So she takes a little bit of a, a reserved approach, it sounds. It is, you know, and part of the service of a freight broker brings is knowing the market, knowing not not necessarily just the market, but that that customers you're basically they're, they're outsourcing their freight moves to you, so you have to have really good knowledge of of how they operate their processes, and if you can anticipate their needs, then price will never be an issue, and I, I think that's that's part of this, right? Is is to to be in that position to negotiate price, you know. If you can really legitimately say, and that they, you know, you you've proved it beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, we have a lawyer coming in soon. Yes, we do. Beyond a reasonable doubt is that that I am going to take care of your freight. I'm mm. going to anticipate what you need, and I'm going to make you look good. Then price is never an issue. What's a worse sound, no or this? Which was that the, the hang up? I, it, it sounds like a cash register. To me. I know. I wish you, it, you know it's unfortunate. Hang up because nobody has phones like that anymore. So you can't you can't hang up with authority. Even with flip uh, yeah, phones, I know, right? You could close the flip phone and you could be like, ah, see you later. Yes. But now, like, if you really want to be em- emphatic about like, and that's not really fun. Like, well, it's a fifteen hundred dollar phone. You got to slam it down, spike it on the ground. I know, right? Sick of this iPhone. Yes. Luke D, he brings up a very, very good point. Speaking of striking stuff, right? You get mad, too. <laughs> and this will happen, guys. You'll get objections all day. You might get mad. Take up, take a walk. Yeah. That's when you go. Go and network. If, yeah. like, always be moving, though. Always be doing something. Don't get into the habit of just staring off into space. Just if, like Rocky. If you don't, yeah, if you don't want to make the sales calls, instead, go make some friends. Go online. Go yeah. on LinkedIn. Go connect with 100 people. Go comment on 50 posts. You know, do the routine. Get through the yeah. thing and make it habit. And then, like anything... Once you build those habits of commenting, liking, sharing, you don't have to think about it. It doesn't become work. It becomes part of what you do. It mm-hmm. becomes the oxygen that you breathe as a salesperson. It, it does. Like like every day, every night, I, I, I sit there and I just connect with as many people as I can. Yeah. I, I blindly connect. And, and basically, I, I build up a network and, and then we post a, a lot of stuff out. We post a lot of stuff about put that coffee down, uh, our surveys and everything. It just becomes your normal routine. Luke D, he's the vice president of business development at Riverside Transportation Inc. And we'll take we'll take this one before we bring in Cassandra Gaines, our attorney. Uh, who better to talk about objections than an than attorney? Who hears them all the yeah. time. But so Luke D says, and this is he, this is a tough one, right? It says we only he's doing a quote here. We yeah. only use carriers who are on the Four Kites Premier Carrier list. Um, companies that aren't on the list will not be able to participate in their RFPs. So this is something your company's not a part of. 
you already eliminated a major obstacle to overcome for a lot of 3PLs who use a large network of carriers. They may not qualify because not everyone in their network, for one reason or another, is on that four kites list. What do you do there? Are you... <laughs> You basically go back to your, your your carrier list, right, and find out who is and who isn't, see if it's even doable, and then uh, you try to talk the, the the shipper out of of why why, why do they have to be approved? Why, I mean, why do why do they have to be this this visibility? But if they do, then you know basically you create you create a carrier base actually that that adheres to that if you really want the business right, and you go after it. Because sometimes, you know, you have to, to customize your services to, to, to fit your customers' needs. What do you think? I mean, I think it's a tough one. I think it's something yeah. that uh, knowing the dead situation versus CPR, as, as was met yeah, Exactly up, right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good opportunity to, at your next sales meeting, to talk to your management and talk about how you're presented and how people are viewing you and say, this is market knowledge that they need. And say, because of the carriers we choose to work with, we are not on this four kites uh, oh, great. He's a, on the we, phone. We have it's a call. Actually, yes, it's actually Michael Nemi. So let's have him come up. He's on. I think you're connected right now. Hey, Michael. What's going on, guys? Perfect. How much, Michael? How are you? We I'm were doing ju- really good. Michael, where are you like calling that. in from? Where? Uh, what company you're with and uh, where are you located in the in the world? I am located in Seattle, Washington, and I work for Priority One. Hmm. Very good. And you do LTL, right? Mostly. Uh, actually I do full, uh, managed like services. So basically I just moved over to priority one, uh, about a month ago to spearhead their, uh, their enterprise division. So yes, we do LTL, we do truckload warehousing, but more or less we're looking for uh, companies like in growth stages, basically that are spending anywhere between, let's say $500,000 a year in transportation all the way up to, let's call it 10 million. And, you know, they're starting to, you know, experience some, some challenges from, you know, complex supply chain, um, cost budget, market reach, and we're trying just to be an extension of their team and essentially outsource their entire ops and supply chain to us. Hey, Michael, you said you love this topic. You messaged me before the show, and I said, well, you should definitely call in. The phone lines are open. Mm-hmm. What about objections did you want to share with us? What is your advice to uh, the Put the Coffee Down community? I mean, dude, I, I mean, give me an objection. I mean, I just love, I, I honestly, first and foremost, I think the objection, I love getting objections. I, I, I almost think it's a red flag if you don't get an objection. It's um, a huge red flag. Like too yes. good to be true. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, you, you get a character that doesn't yes like conflict death. and probably isn't that open. Well, here, so here's one that made me think yeah. of you. It was from Luke D., vice president of business development at Riverside. He said he's come into situations where people have said, we only use carriers who are on the Four Kites Premier Carrier List. You're with a 3PL that uh, contracts with thousands of carriers, so you don't qualify for that list. What do you do in that situation? My advice that I was saying to Kevin and to Luke would be that you would bring that up to management and you would say that, you know, this is how the market is viewing us. Maybe we should consider who's in our network and who isn't in our network. It could be an opportunity for, for bigger, yeah. better things with other people. But, but go ahead, I mean, Mike. That kind of seems like, honestly, that seems like a one-off, uh, in, in my opinion, like you said, it's bringing up to management. So just so I'm hearing you correctly, uh, his objection was basically that they only use, what, uh, 35 carriers that are on Forkite load board? Well, no, they only, but, the load board itself, the, the the shipper, he only wanted RFPs included with... Um, I think the visibility, right? Yeah. The visibility. Cool. Uh, let's do, do okay. this one, though. Uh, let's do, you know, we're slow right now. We don't have much freight. I think that's one that, that everyone mean, out there uh, can can identify with. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, who are we talking to? And, and that's another thing is, so um, it says, I, I'm assuming it's a transportation manager or someone, you know, lower level from a, from a shipping standpoint. So if they're slow, I mean, I would just ask to be like, okay, that's cool. Uh, why are you slow? Or, you know, when do you guys pick up? Is this a, is this a slow, is this a slow time? It's the year for you guys just trying to dig in a little bit more but yeah. more or less. If mm-hmm. it is, I'm not really trying to, to beat up the guy that's actually booking the freight. Cause like I mentioned in, in, in a comment, um, on your post, Kevin, uh, yes. you know, at the end of the day, those guys get blown up 24 seven. So you gotta, you gotta realize that as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and it sounds like what you do be, you know, kind of like a discovery call. You're just trying to get information at that point. A hundred percent. Right. You're not trying to, to actually I mean, sell. I mean, I, I found this and, and do, do you agree with this, that the more times I'm out cold calling and just, 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 kidding around and just doing discovery calls, I run into more sales than if I'm actually out there trying to, to force people to close. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm not, so again, so from, from the bigger side sale, uh, you know, obviously I, like, I think you guys were talking about, I was catching some of the, some of the podcasts before I called in, um, uh, just about like getting information on the company. Right. So I think that a lot of people miss the boat when it comes into, you know, supply chain operations, affect multiple channels in a company. So I want to, I want to call sales is transportation affecting sales. Did they have mm-hmm. access to quote out, uh, quote out carriers to give a quick quote to their customer? Are they losing sales, right? Accounting, IT, customer service reps, and then, you know, essentially shipping. So it's like building up rapport with those, with those departments and not, uh, and not selling them just, seeing what they're doing, you know, in your head that, Hey, that really isn't efficient. Accountings actually have to go through and manually break down and allocate 500 invoices a week. I'm not going to tell that person that, but I'm just going to, in my head, you know, it's not efficient and then build that case. So when you do call again, you're going to get an objection from, from a higher level, I'm assuming, but you'll have all those bullets already to come back with. That makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it makes perfect sense. Michael, thank you so much for calling in. We do have to welcome Cassandra Gaines into the booth. She's our guest on site. But anytime you uh, you like the topic, uh, you're a great contributor. So feel free to either comment or dial into the yeah, show. Definitely. We appreciate it, Michael. Have a great day. Good stuff. And he had a great comment on yeah. my post. Uh, I think last night. And Jason really Eckert. Jason Eckert says Four Kites Premier Carrier List is made up of 174 brokers, carriers, and three PLC. So you don't need to be a carrier. You can sign up as a broker if you meet the requirements. Yes, correct. Uh, thank you for clarifying that, Jason. Former Very guest good. of ours too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, doing some information. I, oh my! Oh, she go no seat. No seat. No seat. She's standing. Nine. Can you close the door? You know, we're not in the barn here, Cassandra. <laughs> This is a serious sales boiler room. I know. Two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Okay. First of all, I have to make sure I sound good and look good. Yes. You sound excellent. Okay. All right, you're gonna hold Ladies it. and gentlemen right. of you, the jury. All right. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. Are you used to this from court, I have court, to though, be able to from move. From standing? Yeah. Yeah, I have to be able to move, oh, you yeah. guys. Okay. And don't you feel like your creativity a little bit is getting cut down because you have to stay really still? Are you just smart? Well, you guys see the show? We were kind still? of like... My, my wife said I'm like Ray oh, Charles. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Okay, <laughs> if you ever notice, you're just always in motion. It's and just I, me then. I have to be. Okay, so as we start the oh, show, okay. we'll, you, you'll introduce yourself. Yes, yeah, so here. I am ready. I am Cassandra Gaines, transportation lawyer, churned problem solver, 
Because as you get more freight in the door, transportation companies, you become and have more problems. And I solve those problems. Cargo claims, contracts, insurance premiums, accidents, safety, employees stealing your data. I solve those problems. In fact, sometimes I can predict them. That is what I do, Cassandra Gaines. And you are with? Cassandra Gaines. No, just kidding. Uh, more Free, More Problems is the name of my company. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And a podcast. I like that. Well, Cassandra, right? the Gaines Law but, Group is yeah. a like a sister company. Okay. More oh, Free, okay. More Problems is what people hire me for. Okay. For solutions yes. and to come in and consult and to do conferences and all that jazz. And I, I, love that that name. I, I love that name, yeah. actually. You guys remember more that free, song, Biggie? Yeah, oh, yeah. Money, more yeah. Yes, yeah, going yeah. Uh, going back, uh, referential. There's probably like Gen Zers are just like, huh? Yeah, yeah there are a lot of people <laughs> who don't get it. In fact, I just had a conference not too long ago in Chicago called More Freight, More Problems. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, played, I had a DJ, and he played the song, the Biggie songs, over and over again throughout the yeah. entire thing. And people came up to me at the end, they're like, so anyhow, what does More Freight, More Problems even stand for? What does it mean? Wow. I'm like, the song? And Talk like, about yeah, subjection. Yeah, yeah, right? Man. Cole, so, wow. Corey, Corey Albers says, what's up, Dooner? Hey, what's up, Corey? Well, what about what's up with Cassandra? I don't, yeah, well, well I, don't I don't know. It's a little bit delayed, so they're just starting right. to see you, Cassandra. So I heard everything oh, yeah. you guys are talking about yes. today about objections. How do you feel? And it's amazing. I think this is gold. In Thank fact, you. I think that this should be something that people put their sales trainers, like they put their sales people through, is to listen to this. I agree a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I think... Yes. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, you, you see this in, in all sales, right? People, especially sales managers, have a, a hard time uh, coming up with training material mm-hmm. for their, their sales teams, and we're just trying to help them out with that. Absolutely. And I thought about what could I add value to? Because you guys were already saying a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you heard me. I was out there, like, yelling. I was like, <laughs> no, that was my no. point. That oh, was sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Well, and there's no way you guys would have known it. It's just we all have great minds, probably. Yeah. I'm thinking oh, that's of course. what it is. Yes. Well, a point that we have brought up before is how... We have a very diverse group of followers from from all different verticals and sales, and some people are shippers, some people are sellers. Uh, but as Kevin and I always say, every person's a salesperson, including a lawyer. Including a lawyer. Yeah. But so much of the advice that people have given us aligns well, like the, just the way people think, being empathetic, listening, those kind of things. And by the way, Patrick O'Laughlin does say sub, Cassandra. <laughs> Hi, Patrick. Corey Albert says hello, Cassandra. And so Hi, does uh, intern Connor. He says what's See? up, Cassandra, Connor's too. Connor's always so nice to me. Uh, yeah. So one, people, so one point that you made that we didn't really talk about too much, and people think because you're a lawyer, you love to argue. So tell us I why. I love to argue. But why is that a bad idea on the cell? Okay, here's the thing, guys, is that there depends on the, oops, See, you're going to yell at me for that later. No, that's fine. Okay. It depends on your context, but you really, when you have an objection tossed at you, your opponent in this situation is going to be um, whoever you're selling to. Mm -hmm. They're going to throw you an objection to get you to derail you, right? Mm -hmm. And you got to be ready for it, but you don't want to actually entertain it. Two things. First, the objection could be just BS, or the objection could be actually sincere. One is you're wasting your time if you're entertaining a BS objection. Yes. Two is, if they actually are sincere about it and they truly believe in it and you argue with them, you're derailing everything again Mm -hmm. because they become passionate and you're entering into somebody else's argument that they know more about, perhaps. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is you want to absorb their objection and it's like a dance. So I thought, you guys thought of everything. So I'm going to think of something new to illuminate what you guys have said, right? Okay. So let's say you're at a club. And you're dancing because as being a lawyer and handling objections is exactly like dancing when you're in a courtroom and you're ready for it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're dancing, you're at a club and you see a girl across the room and you're doing your dance and you're like, that is my future wife right there or my future husband. I'm going to go find and 
get that person. So you wow. go across the room. Is that how you court people? Yeah. I, I, yeah, you guys. In, in romantic comedies. In your <laughs> world, yes. <laughs> this is how it works, okay? In the wild, that's how birds do it. <laughs> you're like, that's my woman That's how there. birds do it. Bloodhound gang. So you gang. go over there and you're dancing and you're like, hey, come dance with me. Come dance with me. And she says, or he says to you, oh, hell no. I'm with my girlfriends. We're enjoying ourselves. Be gone with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, off. I did, yeah, it. So I did it. You did it. That's yeah, very right. good. And so instead of arguing with her and trying to get her away from her girlfriends, you're absorbing the objection and you're dancing around it, right? Yeah. And you tell yeah. her, that's fine. Bring your girlfriends with you. Bring them with you. Everybody can dance. We can all dance. Obviously, she gave you the girlfriend objection, so that's important to her. Maybe, yep. or it's bullshit, mm. mm-hmm. but you're uh-huh. calling her on it, and you guys all start dancing. There's you get her, pull her up. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> and you're all dancing in the club. Yeah. And... You're doing your moves, and she's judging you. You're building value, you guys. I'm not just dancing for nothing. Yeah. A um, <laughs> little delayed. Mm-hmm. But you're building value, yeah. and you're showing her what you got, and then she's going to throw you another objection when you ask her out on a date. And she's mm-hmm. going to say, no, you're a player. I'm not, I'm not going on a date with you. Uh-huh. Again, folks, we're absorbing yeah. the objection, mm-hmm. and you tell her, I understand yeah. You may think I'm a player, probably because my dance moves. You can smell my Dracar Noir from there. <laughs> probably because I was checking out your sister. But I'm not. Or instead, you can say, come find out. Go on a date with me. Go to dinner. Do your thing. And I will entertain her. I'll make her laugh. And I'll prove to her I'm not a player. Mm. You get it? You dance around. You're dancing. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Dancing. Now, yeah. there used to be this show on TV, though, called The Pickup Artist. And this guy was like, do you remember that show? It was on reality TV. I think it was on like Fox Reality. And this guy was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he was not an attractive dude at all. But he would like he teach these guys. He would take these like yeah. take these nerdy guys out to the bar. And he'd be like, the number one thing you have to do is use the neg against the, the girl. Does this work in sales? If you go, yeah, it's probably not good enough for you. You're probably not good enough for it anyway. Or you're afraid probably... You know, we're, we're too high quality. <laughs> like, when you go to the girl, instead of, like, the girl you actually... This is what he says. Instead of going to the girl you actually want, you start you start hitting on her friend instead. And you just, like, kind of ignore her. So she's like, hey, wait. Well, here's the thing. It works sometimes. I yeah, think it, it really does. Making the freight jealous? I think yeah. it does. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not insulting, but the undertone and the yeah. subtle yeah. delivery yeah. is yeah. exactly that. Yeah. The thing is, is on my list that I wrote down for you guys, is actually this is the last one, though, mm-hmm. is the practice, practice, practice... Um, before I go into court, before I go into mediation or any type of argument, which I look forward to, I know what people are going to say to me before they even say it. I'm ready for it. And I'm so fluent and ready that it doesn't matter what they say. But why? Because I practice. Mm -hmm. And you guys, I know how hard it is to argue with people and lose and lose and lose and get kicked around. But the more you lose, the more, the better you get at it. Sure. You get the hang of things. You're like, oh, I should have said that. Oh, I should have done that. And you get better and better and better. And then the other point I had for you guys was um, lawyers are well known to twist your words around on you. No. (laughs) No. So I'm going to teach you guys that when you ask questions, which is the best thing to possibly do, you Mm -hmm. truly are seeking to understand and to listen to them, but you are also writing down every statement they make. So you can use it a little bit later, not right away, because this is like you can use it later. But you're using whatever they say to get your point and to make your goal. Mm. And people forget that. Like, literally write down what they say. You know, you wrote it right here. Everything you say can and will be used against you in the court of Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Collect their words and use it <laughs> Use it later. But this yeah. is a very good thing because it's, it's being a chameleon and it's being mimicry because people, 
whether they like it or not, they like to see themselves reflected in things positively. You don't want to yep. be the negative aspect of them because people absolutely hate that. They hate that. They get yep. very, mm-hmm. they get very offended. They get very denial, especially if it's their deepest, darkest thoughts. But, yes, it's so true. But if you can reflect the 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 character, the persona that they're putting out there in a positive, like you get them, you receive what they're saying, you're starting to talk like them. This will sometimes happen when someone has like a southern accent, right? You'll start yes. being like, "Oh yeah, that's a really oh, yeah. intelligent thing yeah. you just said to me right now about yeah. your freight." Um, Mimicry, right? Yeah, memory. It's so true. Now. If I find a fellow New Yorker, I love them oh, yeah. automatically. Yeah. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't even care. Oh, you're not even in freight. You have freight to give me because I love you. Like, It doesn't matter. Like humans, we are like dogs sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes you just don't like the look of someone right off the bat or don't sniff. You don't like how they smell. Mm-hmm. There's just something it's about true. them. And usually it's because like they remind you of someone who wronged you in the past or you hate their name because it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend that broke your heart. How do you get around those emotional objections that people may have and may put out? Because some of my best friends are people I hated at first, like Kevin. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) How do you get over that? How do you get past the emotional aspect that human beings have and carry with them? And and that's where the seek to understand is really coming from. Yeah. You're trying to ask questions. You're trying to learn them and understand them so that you can can find some commonality. Or whatever it may be, it's whether so you're true. from New York or yep. went to the same school or you like the same team or you think, um, you know, the, the person's boss is a buffoon as well because you've already called him, yep. you know, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. You that's just really grab onto one. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sometimes why people just talk, right? You bond over yeah. talking. It's true. You're like, well, so, I hate that MF well, and I hate mm-hmm. that MF too. So we mm-hmm. can be friends. You can align. That's how alliances well, are made. You ever watch Survivor? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's just how, you know, if you're just going around making discovery calls, not trying to close anything, you can be more productive. I mean, it, it really does work. Yeah. And also, uh, you guys creeping on people on the Internet is so much value. Yeah. And finding oh, yeah. someone who knows somebody who can make you an introduction to. Oh, yes. Oh, I know you guys talk about that all the time. I mean, we're that's all so for stalking. Because I, I, the thing is, some people make the mistake of thinking that LinkedIn's Facebook and Facebook's LinkedIn. Mm-mm. But then they have like this very surface understanding of they're like, you shouldn't put a meme on LinkedIn. And I, that's not necessarily what it means. And I Mm-mm. think that you, if something's funny and it adds value and it furthers someone's mm-hmm. day, that's fine. If you yeah. make connections, you get likes that way. That's fine. I'm not going to hate on you for doing that. Yeah. Um, but what, I think what people think, the biggest difference is that, yeah, if someone goes on your Facebook and you're like, they visit your profile, they didn't say anything, that can be really weird. But on LinkedIn, that's a great opportunity to just connect and be like, mm-hmm. hey, I saw you looked at my oh, profile. I, I, uh, you work with this place. It's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. sometimes I'll just connect and not not say anything. Yeah, yeah no, I, I do the same. I'm indiscriminate connector. I, I just hit connect, connect, yeah. connect. And then the, the people who viewed my profile connect. Yeah, I, I, do I don't care. Yeah. I'll, I'll worry yeah. about it later. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I have a conference this week, and my goal is when I speak at conferences, I try my hardest to know who's in the audience mm-hmm. so I know what's important to them. I spend, hopefully no one at the conference will ever hear this, I spend hours creeping on these people. And I go into yeah. their LinkedIn oh, yeah. page, and then I see their activity, so I can see what did they thumbs up for articles, and then I go through and read them, because then I can imagine what they liked. And then if you want to message them, you can talk about an article they wrote, or something that they related to, or comment on something they commented on, because you're looking at their activity, which is a which is a, a path to their inside of their brain. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. You know, attendees list. Whenever I get an attendee list, is is like. Christmas and oh birthday, all wrapped. Me too. I, I, I could sit there for hours Me and just too. pour over it. Ah. That's what makes you good at what you do, though. I, I, it you is. You have to enjoy it, yes. From the crowd when oh, I yeah. was an attorney, because I knew every... Oh, yeah. If I go to a conference, I want to know every every person's name already. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for those of you who are new in the industry, it's very important for you to do stuff like that, because mm-hmm. the people that I creeped on 10 yeah. years ago, 
um, I'm still like best friends with. Yeah, like yeah, Ryan. Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> Paige Finch, she has an interesting she has an interesting comment. She says, The Salesforce and a majority of shippers that make commitments prior to understanding the requirements of consignees received delivery is a mm-hmm. detriment to the trucking industry. I would agree. A lot I of would, brokers do I, this too. I, I've done it before. I, I, yeah. I, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's transactional freight, and that'll get nowhere. And you have to know your customer's business, their customer's business. You've got to know it inside and out. It takes time to do it. It does. And you have to have patience. And I think that's where it goes off the rail because you think, I need to sell today. And if you're in that mentality, mm-hmm. I have to have money today all the time. You're, you're never going to get it. You can anywhere. flip that around, too. Well, first, you can say that um, I always tell people who are very excited about bringing in more business is to pay attention to the customer's freight profile. So she makes a really good point about mm-hmm. constant The flip side is, is that not every carrier is appropriate for every shipper, for every shipment either. So I know that people really want the cheapest uh, carrier when they're a broker, but that can really mess up things as well. She's, yeah, full of good, <laughs> she's full of good points. She also says here, past, perform- past poor performance is a large bias that promotes objections. And I would agree completely mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. I think that after you get rejected a few times, those objections that stick with you, the ones when you didn't know anything, the when you should have failed, when you should be falling mm-hmm. down, sometimes those really set up the makeup and character of the expectations you set for yourself. And then people don't have to say any no, no anymore because you're saying no for them in the way you present yourself, in the expe- expectation to fail when you pick up that phone. And this happens. Reps fall into that. And there's probably in every building, in every broker you're working in right now, you've got reps, uh, including any place that does sales. We're probably not immune to that. There's people sitting there right now who are like, they're just waiting until you pull their card and tell them to get out the door because they, they're just done. They're cashed they out. Are. They yeah. are mentally done. They got beat too many times in the ring and they're not moving forward anymore. How do you get past that? Or how do you get past that and just go, screw it. I know that I'm going to lose most of the time, but I'm also going to win if I keep going. Yeah. and, and Just usually, say that to yourself. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's all it takes. If you understand you're going to lose most of the time, everyone loses most of the time. Yeah. You don't even worry about it. And it's usually who you surround yourself with. I like by to as well. I like, like to fail. I, I, do, I too. do too. Oh yeah, that's how I learn. But that's, never talk to the. Never hang out with the. the don't hang out with the unsuccessful people. Mm-hmm. Don't hang out with the the. Be, hang out with the people that intimidate you. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. hang out with the sales guys who are like, we can't sell this stuff, or it doesn't fit the market need, or it doesn't do that. Like they're not helping you construct a better dialogue. They're helping you create a negative dialogue, yep. and they're they're defeatist and they're negative. And those people in life will drag you down every single time, and you cannot afford to be around them in sales. It's you true. can't afford to be in life. They'll, they'll screw you up, not just at your current job. They'll screw you up moving forward because they will yep. normalize that behavior to you. Yep. And that behavior is toxic to your bottom line. And if you try to break away from them and become more successful, they will do anything to pull you down as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and if you're in one of those working environments and you're looking for an escape, that's exactly why you have podcasts and you have shows and you have books. That's what you reach for to separate yourself from your mind and get an escape. You do, and and just the fact of of doing podcasts or, or listening to podcasts, reading books. You read one book a month, and you're so far a, out really ahead are. of mm-hmm. of any other salespeople out there. Mm-hmm. You're in the top twenty percent. Just one book a month yep. on sales, and then and it works. And then for it people, will work. People for people like Paige. Yeah, okay? mm-hmm. uh, Paige. If you ever find yourself getting frustrated in this environment, in the industry, with people around you, don't. Because you're already indicating now that you're better yeah. than everybody else. Yep. So whenever, when we're going through an industry that's having a tough time right now, it's going to weed out the weak and those who are bad at things. It's actually going to illuminate you as well. So it will encourage them. Mike Mosley says, get rid of the haters. And I, I agree. Yes. If you can't convert the haters, 
Don't let them drag down your institution because they are not there to build. They're there to take. And they can take your energy. They can take your customers away. And they can take your leads away by messing up opportunity after opportunity. And the haters do that 100% of the time. There there is not a time where people who are negative or in your organization... I do anything, even stay stay level. That they will pull you down. Yeah, they will. That and, they will, 100% and they do it in time. their personal life too. They do. It's yeah. not just in in the business world mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, stay away. And if you can't, this is what this stuff is for. Exactly. It's your right. outlet. Yes. Yeah. You ready for it? Anything to to leave us with? Let Any me advice? Check my, uh, you know, one more thing is, guys, make sure you stay fo- and gals, of course. Yes. Of course. Page. She's one of my new followers, I can already tell. Yeah. Um, Just stay focused on your goals, so don't let people derail you. I always have to remind myself when I'm in court or a mediation or anything, is that you're opposing, I I say opposing counsel or opposing, but it's somebody else you're trying to sell to. They're going to try to distract you and derail you from something, so just stay focused on your goal and what your qualities are. And remember to dance. Yeah. Yeah. Just dance. Always. (laughs) Dance. The most successful people Dance in life, not they make things look easy. People who are very professional, mm-hmm. very good at what they do, they make the hard look easy. And I think it confuses people because they go, they start out at something and they're like, wow, that person makes it. It's, but it's so hard. It's so hard. Understand that everybody's been there. They've had to go through it. They've had to go through the failure. I've yeah. been fired a few times from sales jobs myself. I've Not everything works yeah. all the time. Right. But without it, I wouldn't be doing what I am now. Without the failure, without losing, without the failures, you're never going to get good. Yeah, Yeah. and that's gold right there. And and the thing is, sometimes when I try something new, I'm surrounded by people who are really good at it, and I think I need to be that good right away. And then it intimidates me from trying, too, and I forget all the time about the gap. Mike Wilkes, he says that you can make excuses or you can make things happen. You can't do both. And he's right. He's right, yeah. The the traffic doesn't move both ways on that street. Yeah. Nope. Makes sense. Yes. Good stuff, guys. And Christine Martinez, she says that attitude is a major key for success. Stephen Jake says, uh, or Jaxie, Stephen, how do I pronounce your last name? You should call in and tell us. People project their insecurities <laughs> onto other people to justify their beliefs. So effing true. 100% yes. true. And by the way, Stephen, he messaged me with an amazing topic, and we'll have him come down here. He's down in Georgia, but it was uh-huh. unorthodox methods to gain a customer's attention, mm-hmm. and he already had a great suggestion. Yeah. I'm not going to give He's it away. He's a nice guy. I Stephen met him down in, in, in Georgia a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago. And, and don't forget that uh, if you guys, for those of you out there, because a lot, it's interesting. A lot of people who are top performers will be the ones zeroing in on what you guys are talking about. It's yes. often not oh, the ones. Who, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> it's, just, so, it's a fact of life. For right? those people, I always see it because I've been lucky that I work in transportation companies and I work with sales like this, mm-hmm. and I work with the top leaders. And one thing I've noticed is the more successful you become, keep in mind that the more people often want to pull you down. Mm-hmm. So no. it's Jack, uh, exactly, Stephen Jacks. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. Thanks for oh, putting that. So, thank you for joining hey. us, Cassandra. Yeah, good to dance you. with you guys. On the live stream at 4 o'clock, tune in again. Cassandra and I will be hosting a very yeah, special event with, uh, that's right. with the 50 of her closest friends. So, tune in. That's that's <laughs> friend live stream. That'll be at 4 Eastern. All right, Kevin. All right. You, we do a book drawing every show. What was we, last week's book? It was uh, Go Givers Sell More. Okay, and the eight people who asked to be in. And for our next one, all you got to do is just message us yeah. or put it out there that you want to be in the book drawing. These are the people, the go-getters who did. It was Jordan Strong, Catherine Lewandowski, Michael Connell, Andrea Burmeister, Christopher Jody, Vince Fiore, For, Fiorelli, and I apologize if I mask great names here, Ashley Jordan, and Joseph Dulissi. All right, let's do the draw. I do a random number generator okay. here, one out of eight, seven. Okay, so who is number seven? Who is the seventh read on there? 
It is Ashley Lindsay. Ashley oh, Lindsay, you have won the book. Kevin will mail that out to you. Very good. Just uh, just DM me uh, with your address, and I will mail this out to you. We'll track her down, because she may not be listening. We'll find you, well, Ashley. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll track you down. Yeah. Okay, and what's the next book? What's next the next book? book, which is sitting on my kitchen table. It didn't make it to work today, but it is... It is Never Split the Difference. So it's written by FBI hostage negotiator. It's been a bestseller. It's a really great uh, great book on negotiating and really how to use open-ended questions. So if a kidnapper calls you uh, and, and says, we've, we've uh, kidnapped you know, someone you work with, a million dollars, you start asking, how am I supposed to come up with a million dollars? And you, you keep on asking questions until that person on the other side answers the question for you. Oh, I forgot one answer that comes up with the solution. Andrew Morano was in that raffle as well. Andrew Morano. Okay. Uh, he, he, he likes to follow us on YouTube. He's the one guy who hangs out on YouTube. But, uh, Andrew, if you go on LinkedIn, I, there, it's, a, it's a little bit of a more active community. But let's build out the LinkedIn side, too. Why not? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Corey Albers, he says he just got that book on Audible. It's an amazing read. He uh, wants to be in the raffle. Anyway, though, maybe good. he can network and give that book to a friend. I love yes, it. Um, okay, shout out time. Michael Connolly says he would love to enter the raffle. You were in it, sir. Jordan Strong, he says, what do you say here? I had a new salesperson with me today. She thought I was crazy. This is a great story. Sorry. Yeah. Jordan Story says, I had a new salesperson with me today. She thought I was crazy, but I met with a manager of a co-working space. He runs 70 spaces for other people to run their business, none of which are logistics experts. No freight routed by them. I discussed having listened to the podcast about you networking and branding yourself. By the end of this meeting, we had the names of pain points related to freight of our four CEOs for four large companies in the area. Two of them have already committed to meetings because he lined them up. Sometimes thinking outside the box and finding your cheerleaders is the best way to brand your name. No doubt. That's a perfect example of what we're just talking about. Also love the show and would like to be in the drawing. So Very good. I think we'll probably roll people over, too. If they didn't yeah, win yeah. this time, we'll just roll you yeah, over roll in the drawing. Over, yeah. roll you, over. you don't have to say every time, but good stuff. Uh, let's see. Andrea Burmeister, she was in the drawing. She said, I need coaching. What do you suggest? Uh, we do not have a system in place, and which was very sad. Best, Andrea, and I said, you know, it, it's unfortunate that you guys don't have a system in place there, but we are developing you this community here with the show. Yes. We've got the podcast, but we've also got this networking doc. You can probably find your next best coach right on there. And uh, I imagine some recruiters will probably be sniffing around that thing, too. So if you're not in a place that's working out for you, you only have one life. You only you have do. one shot at this game, and if they are not giving you the opportunities, you're not making it yourself, or you don't feel that you can, and you're being honest with yourself. You're not just waiting for someone to do all the work for you. Then go out and get it. Go out and get it. Go out and get it. Yeah, definitely. Christopher Jody, he said, great pod on sales culture. Love it, man. He's a truckload and shipping LTL specialist with an MBA. We get the smart kids listening. I know. Vince Fiore, who was in the drawing, he said, love the podcast. Ashley Lindsay, love the podcast. Very similar. She, uh... Mike Mosley, awesome show. Kevin, he wanted to connect with you. Uh, Which I suggest, Timothy Dooner, D-double-O-N-E-R. Uh, Kevin Hill... H-I-L-L. Yeah, pretty simple. His. Yeah, yeah. Tom Fitzgerald Esquire says, Kevin, I'm an attorney and DOT cop. I would like to keep I would like to keep all the work that you guys at Freight Waves are doing. Thanks. Thanks for reaching out. He just wants yep. to be a part of the community. Corey O'Malley, hey Kevin, I just started listening to your podcast. Put that coffee down. I'm really enjoying the content. I've been in the industry for about two years and I'm thinking about starting my own 3PL. Your podcast has given me some great tips so far. What do you feel about that? That's great. The inspiration. Is is awesome. It, yeah, I mean, it's it is. great. I mean, it's just it's it's, it's great to see. Um, Megan, what is that? Norbum, 
She says, yeah. I started listening to your podcast last night on my four-hour drive, and it was like a good book that you just can't put down. Absolutely love the fresh ideas that you guys have regarding leads and selling in general. An episode would be, what was she? Two, oh, she's two, two episodes, episodes down. down. She can't wait to hear more. Yeah. Nice. TJ Cartarelli, sales manager at Trina Logistics, says he just started listening to this podcast. Great stuff. And to all you people who just started listening, share with somebody else. That's the best way to yes, network definitely. and give out. Be like, hey, we listen to this great show. Share it out. We want. We love to keep this going, build yeah. the community. Um, also, if you want to put your, your brand behind this, you want to be on the show, you want to sponsor, those opportunities are still open too. Inventory is moving quickly. We'll have mm-hmm. some finalized things putting up. But if you're interested... Let us know. Reach out to either one. We'll get you in touch with the right people. Jordan Kidd, Director of Business Analytics, Load Planning, and IT. Wow, he's got a lot of titles at FreightWorks Transport. Smart kid again, Jordan Kidd. He's a big fan of what you guys are doing at FreightWaves. Very good. Matt Lawrence. I'm glad. Matt Lawrence, CEO at Fox Logistics. And he's hiring, too, those of you out there. So you know he's smart. You know he's a good boss. Or acronym. Yes. People are using our acronym. PTCD. Yes. yes. He says, I'm yes. digging PTCD. <laughs> well, we love it, man. You're the CEO of your company. Awesome stuff. Corey awesome. said, Tim, I've been listening to the show. Put that coffee down. He's not in sale. Oh, we already read that one. Yeah. Uh, Jason Lopez, congrats on your top-notch podcast. Put that coffee down. As the training and development manager at a 3PL in Indianapolis, I love the content and your focus on sales philosophy. Thank you for quickly becoming a valuable resource that I look forward to listening to every week. Jason, it's our pleasure. Man, Jason DeLucy. This is a great one, too. Jason DeLucy. I hope I'm saying that right. Director of Logistics at Target. He said, thanks for your your comments during the show. He made some excellent points last week about the whole Wonderlick stuff. And he said, oh, more than happy to. He really appreciates the content we're putting out. So it's great to hear that people from trucking companies, from carriers, from 3PLs, from 4PLs, and from shippers Shippers. like Target are enjoying the show. Andrea Miller said, I appreciate your podcast so much. They give you a phone and the internet, and they say, go here. <laughs> yeah, I, Andrea, I know. I mean, and I, that, I've been in that seat. A I lot have. of people A lot of people uh, do that. Jim, Herb, oh, this is a tough one. Her, I'll, I'll give it a try. <laughs> Herbal Scheimer. Jim Herbal Scheimer said he'd love to be in the drawing. We'll get you on there. Patrick Murray, Perfect. I want in this raffle. Brandon Beaton, please add me to the book. Drawing uh, Tyler Miller, would love to join this week's raffle. Amanda wants in. Page wants in. Everybody wants in. Michael Nimi, he he wrote earlier in the week. And this is all you got to yeah, do to get on the show. Yeah. All you got to do is, and this is, it's not, yeah. we don't have huge barriers here. Yeah. Dude, how the heck do I apply to get on this podcast and chop it up with objections to the logistic world? Legit love this topic. So what did I say to him, Kevin? Call in. Call in. The phone lines are open. And guess what he did? He did. He called in. It's that simple. Yeah. So are sales. If you don't pick up the phone... Nothing will happen. But if you do, you do the message, you initiate things. Don't be afraid. Make the, it happen. Look, the worst thing that's going to happen, I'm never mean to people who message me. The worst thing that happens is I, what we probably will just not. Yeah, and, and that's a very small percentage if you, uh, yeah. if you send over a bad pitch. Tony Weaver, he said, love the podcast. It's been incredible. Uh, Chris Rajakowski said, he's just catching up. After you came and spoke at the symposium a few weeks ago, yeah. oh, yeah. He said, what a great content you and Dooner are putting up weekly basis. I'm purely on the marketing side, but the advice you're giving is really helping him develop sales for marketing, his marketing funnel, and he's passing on to other people. Uh, Michael Spiner, Director of Strategic Business, he says, I have been listening and sharing Put That Coffee Down podcast, exactly what we like to see happen. And he's wondering if the next one is today. Of course it's today, Michelle. Sorry, that wasn't Michael. That was Michelle Spanier. That was just today, right before the show went on the air. We appreciate all of it. Uh, do Do we have a wall of shame this week? We have about one minute. I don't know. Uh, oh, you know what I, we didn't do I, today? I, what? The survey. 
We totally oh my forgot God. about it. Oh, so well, okay. The, this, this, we'll post it out. We kind of talked. We'll about have it. the infographic out in, yes. in a day, day or two. Anyway, the whole infographic will be out tomorrow. I think uh, probably tomorrow. Yeah, we'll release yeah. it. This episode will be up this afternoon. Tomorrow, you can read the infographic. It has all the things filled out. But I think we touched on everything that's oh, we, in there. We did. Yes. Wall of shame. I'm not going to name this person, but this is in. Uh, and maybe this will be a whole episode. But this is when contacting the other sex, right? Especially if you're oh, a man, yeah. don't be a weirdo. Don't be like, you know, we talked about creeping with her. Uh, yeah. Which is good, but don't be super vague. Like, hello, be creep- Cassandra, be or hello, though. women's name. I'm not yes. saying who this was sent to, but it was someone we work with, and it was just like, hello, this. And she said she gets a lot of mess. We get, yeah. like, we get a lot of these messages, Tim, uh, Duner, or Kill, we really love the show, and they get these big, long, elaborate things. And then yeah. sometimes the women, they just get... They get just a very sort of uh, superficial comment, like "hello, woman's name," or or worse. Yes, yeah. You can Respect imagine. yourselves, man, because we yeah. we got a microphone here. We'll, <laughs> we we don't want to blow you up. I know, but uh, you know we're gonna protect the people we work with too. But just in general, too. Look, it's not a good look. This is LinkedIn. Your name, your everything about you is right there. Yeah, I mean that was on a comment board. It wasn't even a DM. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, stay tuned for Freightonomics. It is next at 2 p.m. live. Uh, about five minutes from here, we'll do a, we'll do a reset. Don't close the feed; they'll be on right after us. You can follow me at Timothy Dooner on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Look me up, D O N E R. This and, man and Kevin Hill on LinkedIn or K Hill at FreightWaves.com. Um, but yeah, check out his other show, Great Quarter, guys. Great they quarter just guys. did that yesterday. That's every Tuesday live at 2 p.m. Here about the micro conditions in freight. Yeah, we, we did intermodal intermodal versus truck wow. load yesterday. So, yeah, coming it's, up, it's great market knowledge. Coming up after us, Freightonomics, they theory with the macro. Uh, what the truck is coming up on Friday, 1 p.m. I'll have a special guest co-host because Chan is out of town. Who will my mystery co-host be? Maybe it'll be you. Comment. If, uh, if you're actually in chat, be. you're going to comment me. <laughs> I might have a special guest co-host. I'm not sure. They'll either be from inside cool. or outside. It's like in wrestling. They'll be the man behind the mask or the woman. Yeah, in the mask, and that's on Thursday at two p.m. I did a Freightways Insiders with Craig Fuller talking about the three years of Freightways, the Freightways story inside the Founder Studio, and how what you start and set out with doesn't always end up where you are. But it's an amazing story, an amazing mm-hmm. journey, and it takes not letting ego dictate everything you do. Yes, right. Yeah, definitely. You, know, you can get all of this stuff. Subscribe to Freightcast. You can subscribe to all these shows individually. But if you want them all, subscribe to Freightcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere, everywhere. Podcasts are heard around the world. All right, guys. Join us next week. Yes. 1, 1 p.m. Wednesday. 1, 1 p.m. on Wednesdays. All right. Take it easy. We'll let's talk get, about uh, Let's throw them out with the boom. Yeah, there we go. Oh, and fill that funnel. Fill that funnel. We're out fill there. Yes. Yeah. Reach out with us during the week. Leads. Keep that conversation going. Fill out that that lead sheet that we threw in there. I'm also yes. going to start including that in the show notes. So if you're listening to this after the live feed, go right ahead and go there. Also, Great, great, great TV way to network. Yeah. Great way to network. Absolutely. Yeah. Read Art of War. And the books Kevin sends out. Yeah. And for the raffle. That could be next week. Hang on. Art of War. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Motivation. What's next week? I don't, I don't know. We're still deciding. Yeah. Let us know what you want to hear next. Yeah, what would you like? Maybe maybe that should be our survey. I know, right? What do you want to hear? All right, take it easy.